are listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I am the lead pastor here and I am so excited that you carved out 25, 30 minutes and change to study the word of God alongside us. Now, for those of you that may be joining us for the very first time, we are in the middle of a series titled Wild Unity. Uh, The Bible says where there's unity, God commands his blessing. In fact, this is such a strong principle that there's a story about ungodly people building a tower up to heaven, the Tower of Babel, and God himself looks down, and because they are of one mind and one accord, there is nothing that shall be impossible for them. So he came down and confused their language, scattering them and dividing them. So the principle and the idea of unity is extremely powerful, and it's something that we must cultivate inside of the church. We are quick to point fingers at the left, the right, Democrats, libertarians, although they get a pass most of the time. I don't hear a lot of people giving the libertarians a hard time, but Republicans. And then we complain as Christians, but judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And I've shared this many times that you can be the most charismatic, uh, wisdom-filled leader, but you cannot force people to unify. Unity or is an individual choice. And so today, and we open that up, and that's on our podcast platform, it's on social media, it's on YouTube, you can go check that out. But today we're gonna be talking about something that can stand in the way of unity. And um, I don't think anybody would argue that this subject matter is, is wrong and that we should avoid it, but how wrong seems to be up for contention. And so today we're gonna be talking about the subject of gossip, or as I like to call it, conversation porn. Why do I call it conversation porn? Because it creates a cheap intimacy, right? People lean in to hear gossip, and then when you gossip to someone else, you, you, you've shared this, um, in, this knockoff intimate moment Um, but it really is fool's gold and eventually leads to our destruction. So I want to go ahead and start by defining this word um, gossip. Gossip is defined in Webster's Dictionary as a rumor or report of an intimate nature. The secondary definition is a person who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts. And from there, understanding um, that definition, we're going to dive right into Scripture. And this is Proverbs 16, 27 out of the message for those of you that are following along in your Bible. And it says this, mean people spread mean gossip. Their words smart and burn. Troublemakers start fights. Gossips break up friendships. Gossip is a direct attack against someone's character. And when it's allowed to enter your mind rent-free, it begins to taint the way that you view that person. So there's two people here. There's the one that's spreading the gossip, which is wrong. But there's also the people that are listening in and entertaining the gossip. Both are pitfalls that will ultimately lead to your destruction. 
The idea that we must understand is that tearing someone down will never give you a leg up in life. Our words, especially as believers, are meant to heal, not to steal, robbing someone of their dignity and their character. And the idea uh, about gossip is that when we're casual with the warnings of Scripture, we create casualties in the body of Christ. So in other words, we can't dis- we can't treat these warnings as casual when the Bible highlights them as essential. Another scripture in Proverbs 26, when you run out of wood, the fire goes out. When the gossip ends, the quarrel dies down. A quarrelsome person in a dispute is like a kerosene is like kerosene thrown on a fire. Listening to gossip is like eating cheap candy. Do you want junk like that in your belly? And I think I want to I want to share this that there is a momentary pleasure um, to gossip. Again, it's this uh, counterfeit intimacy. So when you lean in, uh, you feel like you're getting this sugar rush, but ultimately it's going to lead to your destruction. It's like pouring gasoline onto a fire. When gossip ceases, strife ceases. And so we have to be guardians of our mouths and of our speech. Listening to gossip is participation. And hear me, at worst, it's actually partnership. So I think we could all agree that listening into gossip is participating in that gossip, but I want to go a step further in saying it's actually partnering with the person that's gossiping. So you have a responsibility when someone opens their mouth, it begins to share things with you of an intimate nature about someone else that is not currently present. You have the responsibility to shut that down. If you do not, right, then you are partnering with that slander and that gossip. Proverbs 16, 28. I'm just going to continue to bombard you with scriptures because the Bible has a lot to say about this subject. And this has become, gossip is commonplace. You see it on CNN. You see it on Fox. You see it on every magazine. So it's become almost part of the American culture. And if I dare to say the world's culture, it's become socially accepted. But the Bible has stern warnings about us entering into gossip and what exactly is gossip. But the Bible says in Proverbs 16, a trouble a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. And I just want you to take a moment and heed that warning. Think about the person um, that's closest to you on the face of the planet that's not blood. Gossip can destroy that bond that you've spent years creating that intimacy, that trust can be eroded and destroyed through gossip. It says a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Seeds grow into trees, ultimately dividing us. It separates us. Continuing on in Proverbs, Proverbs has a lot of things to say. These six things the Lord hates. 
the Lord. There's one Lord. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and the seventh, and one who sows discord among the brethren. That can be broken down and defined as gossip. One who spreads gossip among the brethren. These six things the Lord hates, but the seventh is an abomination. Do you understand that there isn't a stronger word in the English language to articulate how God views gossip? He absolutely hates it. And as believers, we are called to love what God loves We do a pretty good job of that. We get in line at Chick-fil-A. We watch every Kirk Cameron movie, right? We download or stream the latest Elevation Worship album. But it doesn't stop there. It says, and to hate what he hates. Yeah, we love what God loves. But do you hate what he hates? Or do you tolerate it? And ultimately, what you tolerate you endorse. So do you tolerate gossip? Or do you simply, or, or, or do, okay, yeah. do you tolerate gossip? That's the question you need to be asking yourself. Because how you respond signifies how you view something. So if you tolerate it, it means that you're treating this warning as casual. Like, it's not that big of a deal, and yeah, you shouldn't really do it, but it's okay. When it's not okay, there are warnings, countless warnings in scripture to stay away from this. In fact, God lists all these things that he hates and he says the seventh is an abomination. So he's going a step further beyond hating something. And he lists that thing is an abomination as gossip. And so I I just want you to take a moment. I want to give you an illustration of how we treat gossip. Because most of us in our Americanized culture, I think, would probably, maybe we wouldn't engage in sharing something about someone, but we might entertain listening to it. And I think this is a blind spot for many believers because we tolerate something. If I were to text you out of the blue and say, hey, as your pastor, would you want to come over this Saturday afternoon and watch porn and vape? You'd be like, what the heck, Pastor Matt? I can't believe you just text me this. You'd be uploading it to social media. I'd be, I'd be removed from the church. Why? Because you view pornography and vaping. I don't know how bad vaping is, but it's just, it's just weird, okay? You probably shouldn't be doing it. But you view it as like, I, do, I can't have this in my life. This is like adultery. I do not want this in my life. Well, the way you respond signifies how you view it. But many of us, when gossip, we would listen to it and maybe we'd feel convicted later down the road or maybe we wouldn't, but we should respond to gossip the same way we would respond to an invitation to watch pornography and vape. Silly illustration, but I think it's making my point. So what can we do to kick gossip to the curb? What do you do? when someone begins to open up and share things of an intimate nature about someone that's not there? Well, I'm glad you asked rhetorically because I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer. Number one, you always want to 
think of someone as you're talking. In other words, pretend whenever you're sharing about someone else, pretend as if they are sitting in the room with you. This is a great principle because it's going to kind of guide your speech to speak, you know, positively about that individual. Number two, if you do have an issue with someone, rather than um, going to your neighbor, go directly to them. This is the Matthew 18 principle. The Bible says if you have an issue with someone, rather than bringing your offering to the temple, go to them and work this thing out. In fact, I'll go ahead and read it to you. If your brother or sister sins against you, okay, we're going to be sinned against. You just need to accept that, okay? But it tells us what to do. Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. As young people say, I'm just going to let that one breathe for a second. If they listen to you, if you have won them over, but if they will not listen to you, then take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So what it's saying is if you have an issue with someone, don't go run and tell the world, go to them directly and try to work it out. If you can work it out, then you're going to form a true intimacy and the bond's going to be closer. If you can't work it out, then go to your pastor, go to your boss, go to your leader, someone that you both trust, and then share those things that so, so that someone, a counselor, can help you navigate that. Um, this is what you do when someone does you dirty. Go to them. See, we want to go to everybody else but the one person that we have an issue with. Have a conversation with them. And most likely, by having a conversation with a person that's done you wrong, you'll receive new information that might actually help you reframe the way all those things went down. And you might actually end up seeing that you have a little bit of fault in this disagreement. So when you sit down and you share your heart and you allow them to share their heart, it broadens your perspective. It opens up the paradigm of the way that you are viewing that situation. Relationships are important. The gospel advances through relationships. So we must fight for that unity in our relationships. Here's another one. Don't go to social media and air your grievances, but leave the individual's name out. We have a bunch of detectives in Sherlock Holmes um, on social media, and people are going to figure it out. Plus, it's just another form of self-pity. You looking for people to say, what went wrong? Tell me all about it. You can see it's like you're dangling this fresh meat and all these people, all these little fish come and they're like, what went wrong? Who are you talking about? What can I do? And really, you're trying to garner sympathy for your, you're trying to feel sorry for yourself. And as I've shared in earlier messages, self-pity is just another form of pride. Pride in the traditional sense is like arrogance, boasting. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. I deserve your recognition, your praise, your attention, and your likes. So click that like button. But self-pity is just repackaged pride. It's It's saying, this has been done to me. I've been through this. Look what has been hurled against me. Therefore, I deserve your recognition. I deserve your praise. I deserve your attention. So go ahead and hit those likes. It's just repackaged pride. It's like the Keto's and Atkins diet. It's the same thing. 
Okay, so don't go on social media and air your grievances. There's way too much of that going on. Go to people. Number three, shut it down. Speak the truth in love. If someone begins to open up to you, and this is one of the, the areas that people have the most difficulty, okay? Because, you know, we have, uh, we have this, uh, this politeness meter inside of us, although we have no problem airing our grievances. We have like, oh, I don't want to shut them down, and I don't want to assume, and I don't want to judge. Let me just tell you something. Politeness isn't a fruit of the Spirit. Okay, and sometimes I think in the name of being polite, we actually end up tolerating things that God hates. So you have to have the courage and the boldness to stand up for truth, especially when someone is getting ready to dump their grievances on top of you about someone that isn't there to defend or to represent themselves. So speak the truth in love and just say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to stop you right there. Um, since they're not there, I'm not comfortable talking about this. If you want to talk about this when they're there, I'll do it. And you know what? At first, they might be a little taken off. At first, they might be a little offended. And ultimately, they're offended and taken back because of their own actions. That's their conscience. That's their conviction telling them, yeah, I know better than this. And I shouldn't be open. I shouldn't be sharing things of an intimate nature about this person, especially when they're not there. But ultimately... If they take the time to think about it, they're going to, it's going to strengthen your bond with them too, because they know what you've done for one that isn't there, you would do for them as well. And I don't know about you, but I want the kind of friends that if someone begins to, oh yeah, did you hear about Pastor Matt and the Pines? They, um, uh, who knows, they, they do this. Someone's going to say, you know what? I know Pastor Matt, and I'm not going to entertain that any longer. So if you have anything you want to say to him, like you can go directly to him, but I'm not going to entertain that. And I've actually had to do that before where people have come up and begin to share and say, you know what? I, I, I'm not comfortable talking about this. I, I, I don't want to err on the side of gossip. So I would, I would be, uh, I would, I'm just going to go ahead and shut this down. And you know what? I've, some people have walked away and been offended. They've, they've accused me of accusing them. Um, but I just think it's a safe way to go. And But some people have said thank you um, for saying that, you know, I was veering into gossip and that's not my heart at all. And so you're helping people um, in that area. And fourthly, I kind of want to end here. Um, we have a saying at, at the Pines Church, you know, if when we gossip, we gossip well. Okay. We're not bragging about sin, um, but rather we're going, when people aren't in our presence, we're going to speak highly of them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to praise them. We're going to champion them. So another, so Tyler is behind the camera. He's editing and he's going to upload this. Okay. When Tyler isn't in the room and I'm around our coaches or when I'm around another church, I speak extremely highly of uh, Tyler. I gossip well about Tyler. Why? Because I love Tyler and, and Tyler is my brother in Christ and I'm going to praise him, I'm going to encourage him. Now, there have been areas sometime in, in Tyler's life where I've, I've had to bring correction, but I don't do that out in the open. I do that when it's just him and I, and that's very rare. But I'm just saying, whenever you're in relationship, and there are some things he's had to share with me and saying, you know what, when you said this on film, it kind of came across like this. And I've been so grateful. Thank you, Tyler. That's not what I was trying to communicate. But because you shared this with me, it was a blind spot. 
I'm going to go ahead and make that correction. But I know that when Tyler isn't around me and when he's running in other church circles and when he's running with other groups of people, I know I can rest in knowing that he speaks highly of me. He gossips well, he gossips well about me. What do you think that's done to our relationship? It's made it stronger because sometimes the things that I share about Tyler with other people when I'm gossiping well come full circle and get back to him. And how do you think that makes him feel when like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Pastor Matt was sharing these things, bragging on me. And in fact, he gets a little uncomfortable. And the same is true of me. When I run into, actually it happened, when I ran into one of his old teachers at his school, the teacher was sharing with me, you know, um, how much I meant to Tyler and how Tyler was sharing about the impact that I've had on his life. He was gossiping well about me. And that, and I don't live for those things, but it did. It felt good because I know that I'm making an impact and a difference. And it's good for that teacher and it's good for those other churches to hear us talking well about each other, encouraging one another and championing one another. We should be leading the way as a church in encouraging and championing one another. So I'm going to close with this. We must take a stand against gossip and use our words to speak life and not death. We must stand against the things that God hates. And it's going to require something of you. It's going to require you to get a little uncomfortable. And I'm speaking to all of you introverts. It's going to require you to open up and to, sh and to stop someone when they begin to gossip or to stop yourself when you begin to gossip. But I know that if you adhere to these steps that I've shared with you, if you meditate on these scriptures, and don't let that word scare you. Meditation is, isn't, you know, not have to open up your third eye and sit crisscross applesauce. It simply is the digestive system of the soul. So in other words, as you meditate on these scriptures, it, it goes from inside of your head and it sinks down into your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, gossip, when we, when we start to lean into that, it's a fruit of, of something that's taking place inside of our heart that needs to be uprooted. But on the other hand, when we speak highly, when we speak life, when we encourage our brothers and sisters, when we gossip well, it too is a fruit of something that's growing and manifesting in our hearts that's beautiful, that's lovely, that's noble, that's honorable, and that's praiseworthy. So let's use our words to heal and not steal. And if we're going to gossip, let's gossip well about one another. I hope that you got something out of this. I want to go ahead and pray for each and every single one of you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody that's watching, that's listening to this. I just pray that you would illuminate areas where maybe they've gotten a little loose. Maybe they begin to tolerate certain behaviors and certain speech and that you would help them to have the courage and the boldness to shut those things down, not only in their own mind and heart, but inside of their sphere of influence and that they would begin to champion and encourage and speak well of those in their family, their coworkers and uh, neighbors and friends giving a better example of 
to the world of the church. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for spending the last 25 minutes and change with us. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.